It's almost like I'm on mute. And my lips are moving, but no one hears me. <laughs> In this episode, Bain Baxter-Smith talks about being a woman while balancing family and work. She talks with Eric Zimmerman Zuckerman, who believes we all have a role in supporting women. So, Bain, I couldn't help but notice that you have a double last name. Yes, and so I um, got married, and so my maiden name is Baxter, and... I took on my husband's um, last name, but also wanted to stay true to my Baxter roots, so I hyphenated and came up with Baxter Smith. I also came to Zimmerman Zuckerman when I got married. I'm the Zuckerman, and my wife is the Zimmerman. Mm -hmm. And so when we were engaged, we had a lot of conversations about what we wanted to do with our last names, because she really wanted to keep her name, and I really wanted to keep my name but we also agreed that we wanted to have a unified family identity. In college, all of our friends called us, oh, it's Zim and Zuck, there's Zim and Zuck. And okay. one day it just kind of dawned on us, wait, we could just be Zim and Zuck, Zimmerman, Zuckerman. And we decided that it's long, but it's totally us. And so we chose to go with an identity that really was for the family that we were starting. That's a great story so natural, such a natural thing for a woman to take on the last name of her husband. And so it's kind of expected that our last name will change. Right. And it's just so many hoops that you have to jump through um, for something that society is expecting you to do. And so there are moments like that where it blows my mind how difficult we are making things for women just by default. My wife and I have had a lot of conversations recently about the work that typically women are doing that aren't being recognized as work. Things like planning the kids' doctor's appointments, knowing when these documents have to be updated, keeping however many schedules actively in your head, and that seems to be something that women do. We've been talking about how do we avoid falling into that by default in our relationship as we build our family. She is more type A, and I'm more type, oh, look, a B. And so I think going forward, it's going to be her ending up having to be responsible for a lot of that, not because she's the woman in our relationship, but because that's where her strength lies. Mm -hmm. And so ideally to me, more people would be trying to set and divide those responsibilities based on who they are, what they're good at, as opposed to their gender. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Looking at the talents and skill sets of people as opposed to the gender. I have three children, and when I took my kids to their doctor's appointment, I noticed that who was checking in the kids, um, and it was all moms of a sheet of like 30. It was like mom, 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 father, mom, 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 and there, so there was one dad that brought his child to, <laughs> to the doctor's office, so it is something that falls on women more, just I think by default. That can be a challenge because, you know, you're wanting to make sure that your time is valued at work but you also have to incorporate your family life as well. Yeah, and even just recognizing those things as work. Because when I think about work-life balance, I'm thinking about not taking work back home. And it's just occurring to me that for many women, it's a matter of figuring out how to handle both at the same time. Right. And I think there needs to be more formal recognition that those things are just as important, if not more important, than what you have to do in the office or in the lab or 
wherever you are working. Right. That's so true. That's so true. That's great that you're thinking ahead about that and trying to incorporate that mindset in your your family life. Another challenge that I um, had been thinking about is women being heard in the workplace. So I've had a lot of conversations with women in different groups and um, different places, not just here at Mayo, but outside of Mayo. And that seems to be a common thread, whether it's by their colleagues or by leadership. I know for myself, there are times when I've experienced that, where I'll be talking and it's like glossed over. Sometimes what I say will be, in a sense, rephrased and parroted back to me. And it's kind of like, I I just said that. (laughs) It feels like one of those opportunities that everyone has the chance to step up and say, hey, Bain actually has a good idea over here. I feel like a lot of guys will jump straight to the problem solver mindset. Right, right. Sometimes it can be hard to kind of jump in. One of the things that I have learned to do is start to value my own ideas and opinion enough to feel comfortable saying, hey, let's go back to that topic, especially if it's something that is really important. And I've noticed that that it's being well-received. It seems as though that's not something that we're telling a lot of women that they should be doing. It did take me a little while to do that. The Greater Leadership Opportunities for Women Merge had a speaker come in, and she was talking about finding your authentic voice and picturing yourself as a superhero. One of the things that stood out to me was being okay with speaking up and being more assertive with speech. I love that. Is there something that men could be doing in these meetings, too? Yeah, empower them to to speak up. If they look like they're trying to say something or they have an idea, or say, Bayon, do you have um, something that you wanted to add? It takes away the uncomfortable feeling of trying to jump in. Another thing would be to make sure that you're recognizing when things are being parroted. Make a joke out of it and say, did you realize that you said the same exact thing that she said? And, you know, just so that it would be kind of funny. Yeah, I love that. And that's such a great way to diffuse the tension in the situation, but still draw attention to the fact that someone had already said that. I think that could be really effective. Right. And I think that's what's important for women, making sure that women feel validated that um, the things that they're sharing are important in that end um, and that they're being heard. Definitely. So it's not just falling on deaf ears. I think for me, a lot of it is trying to keep my eyes and ears open for when someone is feeling uncomfortable or when I see that someone is struggling. I ask them, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? And just being there and making sure that the women around me are feeling seen, feeling heard, and feeling supported. I notice when people do that. And it's encouraging and it's really important for women to feel that. It does help in building that confidence, especially if you're a woman who's trying to seek leadership opportunities and you're trying to build relationships. I have not always been 100% successful at being completely aware and I think we all have those biases and we all have those assumptions in our heads that are going and sometimes they show themselves and I think the best thing that happens is when somebody can call you on it in a productive way and give you that feedback. I try to take that feedback with humility as an opportunity to do better next time. 
a really important part of being an ally nowadays is recognizing that you're not going to be perfect. Why do you find it so important to share these experiences? So that women don't feel like they're alone. It builds a, a unit of people so that you can talk to you. It creates opportunity for growth. And then it also shines light on the issue so that it can increase, pe increase people's awareness, not just other women, but the men in the workplace and leadership. And then hopefully they can see where some of these issues lie. Once you start to talk, it kind of gets traction and people want to know more and they want to know how they can change or promote change. The Glow merch has been huge in um, shining light on these different areas. Last year, we had several conferences where speakers came in and touched on these topics, create a community for women so that they can see, be around peers and colleagues who are in a similar situation as them, who are trying to grow their skills and trying to be more assertive in certain areas. Within the Glow Merge, there are um, opportunities to be in a leadership type role. And these are resume builders. All of our events are always open to men because, and we encourage men to come so that they can see, so that they can become allies like you and take what they're learning and maybe change the atmosphere in their own work unit. As a man, I would walk in and feel a little bit as though, well, I don't have these experiences. Definitely come with an open mind. Be ready to receive anything that's brought up and put a little bit of um, empathy on it. Put yourself in those shoes. If that were my experience, how would I feel? Or if that's the experience that your wife or your mom or your daughter is going through, how would that make you feel and what would you want to do to change it? Once you kind of know what the challenges are, then you can realign yourself so that you can be more open to change. I think it starts with awareness. Yeah, I also think that because it generally is men who are in those positions of power who can affect those changes and have not quite done so yet, and if that weren't the case, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. It's a joint effort. Yeah, and that, that idea of it's just a women's issue drives me just a little bit crazy because I I think that real men want the best for the women in their lives. Definitely. And that means trying to get rid of the rules that are currently holding them back and the biases and all of that. Mm -hmm. If you even just take the gender pay gap, it's weird because even though women have been in the workplace for a long time now, a lot of our policies and attitudes are lingering from a time when men were expected to be the breadwinners and women were expected to tend the home. But more and more men are now finding themselves in dual income households. Mm -hmm. And personally, I would like it if my wife were paid the real value of her work, because that's just going to be good for both of us. Right. I think a lot of people feel like being an advocate and an ally means taking on so much more than we have time for. But really, you don't have to organize the rally to make a difference. There's a whole spectrum of ways to be an ally. You need to listen with an open mind when women are trying to share their experiences. I also think that to be an ally, you have to recognize that everyone has their biases and just be prepared to take feedback with humility. Feedback is a gift. I think being intentional about listening, that's 
a big thing. Intentional listening means that you're not thinking about your response while the person is talking. Also, including your female counterparts in discussions, um, projects, brainstorming sessions, so that there's the opportunity for growth or building confidence in speaking up. The other thing that I would say is for women to be around other women who are, or even men who are like-minded, know that they're going to support you and encourage you. It's always good to have a cheerleader in your pocket. One of my personal favorite things is just finding a mentor. I have mentors in all aspects of my life for different things, and I'm a firm believer that mentors are needed. After listening to Bain and Eric reflect on their conversation, what can you do to actively support the women in your workplace?